Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You don't need to know everything that you're going to do. You just need to get started. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, 24 Sound. 24 Sound is technically an audio production company, but they're way more than that. They're there to help you grow your business from audiobooks to podcasts and everything in between. They're flawless as sound engineers and they're strategic as business partners. Visit them at 24sound.com. You can also email them at hello at 24sound.com. And of course, as a best ever listener, you'll get a best ever discount. Mention best ever and you'll get a 20% discount on your first product. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Mark Gagne. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you doing, Joe? Doing well. And Mark's joining us from San Jose, California in Silicon Valley. And he is the founder of Bridge Equity Group. It's a real estate company focused on investing in both single family and multifamily properties. His background is in fix and flips, but he is transitioning into the multifamily space. And I would say that's also past tense. You have transitioned into the multifamily space in addition to focusing continually on the fix and flip model that you've done successfully uh, because he has closed on a 172-unit apartment complex in Longview, Texas, where he syndicated the deal. So he raised money from investors, bought it together with them and sharing in the profits. And he also owns homes in Atlanta and a student housing building in Philadelphia. So with that being said, Mark, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on your experience and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. Thank you, Joe. So like Many investors in Silicon Valley, my background is actually in high tech. I've been in the high tech field in sales for about 25 years now. Back in 2010, I got inspired by a Rich Dad Poor Dad book, which I think is probably an inspiration to a lot of investors getting into real estate. And at the time, I just knew I wanted to get into real estate. I wasn't sure exactly how I wanted to do it though. And I think that was one of my first learning lessons was you don't need to know everything that you're going to do. You just need to get started. And so with that, I went out, I got my real estate license 
And I got together with a friend of mine who had was doing successful investing in the Central Valley of California, buy hold properties. And so I partnered with another person who had money. I had a little bit of money myself. And along with the license that I had obtained, we started buying REO properties in Fresno, California. And we did that for about a year and several months. We acquired seven properties. We were doing the purchasing of these properties, the sweat equity to fix them up, put tenants in them, and then manage them ongoing. And after the duration of doing that, I was somewhat running out of money and also decided I didn't like doing all the, the hard labor. So I ended up joining in early 2012 a coaching program to learn how to fix and flip and wholesale properties. And I've been doing that ever since in the Bay Area, which is where I grew up and where I live uh, here in Silicon Valley. And about a year and a half ago, I met people through local RIAs where I got interested in doing multifamily investing and have been meeting people. I have a partner there and we are doing deals, looking to do deals in the multifamily space. So that kind of brings me today. And moving forward, I'm just looking to grow the volume of both my fix and flip business as well as multifamily acquisitions for buy hold purposes and basically building net worth and wealth over time. With the fix and flip business, do you raise money from investors? Yeah, I sure do. That's a great question because you know, as I've gone along, I've, I've made some money at this business. But what my philosophy has been is that I want to take money from my active business and move it into passive income. And so what I've continued to do is I have continued to use hard money, private money, and then a little bit of my own money to do my fix and flip business. And that's worked really well. It's a challenge to find great deals that pencil out when you have uh, significant borrowing costs. But in my opinion, it's well worth it because at the end of the day, as we go through different market cycles, I want to end up with good cash flowing real estate in whether it's multifamily or, or single family homes. So I continue to use the hard money, private money, own money scheme to finance my fix and flips. Can you break down an example of a deal where you have hard money, private money, your own money, where the percentages go as far as total dollars into the deal and what that looks like, how it's structured? Yeah, I sure can. Uh, you know, out here in California, uh, there's a lot of lenders that want to give out money because the real estate market, just like other places everywhere else in the country, but particularly here in California, it's really strong. So I have different hard money lenders that will provide different leverages uh, for me. I have ones that'll do 70% of the purchase price. I have others that'll do upwards of 85 to 90% of the purchase price. And those guys will also finance construction. But generally, I'm, I'm a little bit spoiled in that over time, I've developed relationships with personal friends who loan money so that I don't borrow construction money, which requires construction draws and a whole management process behind it. I use private money to finance my construction so that I can manage it on my own. And it just takes out that extra layer of management there. So a typical deal would be I borrow in first position hard money to for 70% of the acquisition. I backfill 30% plus some of my construction money with a private money loan. 
And then the balance of the construction money I need to finish the project comes from my own funds. That's a really typical model of, uh, of how I do it. So based on your experience, both from you know actively fixing and flipping to now getting into multifamily, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, Joe, I would say that to have consistent success in real estate investing, whatever it is in multifamily, single family homes, it doesn't matter, is imperative that you are continually honing your marketing skills and you're becoming a master at selling yourself and your company to all the resources that you need to, to do deals. And the reason why I say this is uh, it's the old adage in real estate that you make your money in real estate when you buy. And therefore, consistently finding uh, real estate at a significant discount really requires great marketing and selling skills. And so I really try to work on that in terms of finding the best strategies in my market that work to find deals, being consistent with those strategies, and then really the follow-up is always key because a lot of investors just don't follow up. You know, They get a lead, and if it doesn't work out in the first call, they, they move on. And so that is, I think, absolutely critical that your follow-up always is uh, one of your number one priorities. The follow-up is really interesting to point out. And I know with you know, your background from sales or from from technology, you're in sales, right? Correct. Yeah, I know I know with your background from sales that that's gotta be from a not even real estate, but just from a uh you know, your your job that you have um outside of real estate, that's gotta be one of the number one reasons that has led you to the successful career that you have right now, right? Correct. And I, I've had investors on this show um, talk about, you know, the the importance of, you know, different direct mail campaigns and different uh, tactics to reach out to investors or prospects. And um, one of the people I spoke to outside of this show, he mentioned that the, a very small percentage of people actually follow up with the leads after they get the initial, you know, red light. Uh, no, thank you. Um, so what is the best way to follow up with people after you initially get rejected? So it's really just being organized. And as a salesperson, a lot of your success is based on your organizational skills. So whether it's using simple Excel spreadsheets to uh, keep a list of, for example, wholesalers and real estate brokers, agents you might be working with to find deals, and then making sure that you have a way to note the last follow-up, making sure that you do this on a regular basis. You know, you can also use CRM systems out there that provide tools to follow up. So there's lots of ways to do it. And really it comes down to whatever you are comfortable with. It's just a matter of doing it. And it is true that as I talk to people, that is uh, something that uh, definitely lacks from a lot of people trying to get into this business and be successful at it. I want to do a, a transition into the 172 unit apartment complex in Longview because I think that's really interesting how you went from fix and flips, uh, owning some homes, a student housing building, or what? what is it's 12 units, 43 rooms. So what is that? Is that one building? Actually, it's multiple buildings. It's uh, two triplexes, each having 11 beds and three duplexes, each having seven beds. Okay. So you, you've got the, 
the multiple buildings within that student housing. But then you went from that to 172-unit apartment complex. What was the most amount of money prior to the 172 that you raised for an individual project? And what was the amount that you raised for the 172 unit? So the student housing are my own personal projects and the triplexes were in the half million dollar price range. And, you know, that as well as in single family homes, again, I raised money the same way I described earlier. And, you know, maybe three quarters of a million dollars was, uh, has been the, the most I've raised in terms of purchasing a rehab house project. For the 172 unit apartment community, the raise on that was uh, $1.5 million. The full purchase price was $5.4 million. So how did you rate, how did you go from seven seven hundred and fifty thousand uh roughly to what you raised for the most on a prior deal to almost doubling that on your next one? Yeah, that's a great question. So these apartment deals are typically done through a team of investors oftentimes. And that was the case with this particular one. And so I was one of uh, multiple people who actually helped raise the money for that. And um, so we raised uh, the money uh, together. And so I raised a portion of that $1.5 million. I, I wasn't the one that raised all of it. But by being active in raising the capital, I was also given a position on the management team so that I could see the inner workings of managing this project ongoing. When you split up responsibilities for raising money on a deal, how do you determine who gets what? Is it based on the amount of money that's raised um, from each individual or is it predetermined? Yeah, I mean, everything, uh, of course, is negotiable, but there's a basic format that people stick to and then the ratios can change somewhat. But typically there is the split between the investors putting money in the deal and then the management team. And then within the management, what we call carve out, then there's a split of what managers get for their roles that they perform. So for example, people that raise money will get a certain uh, percentage of the management carve out. People who sponsor the loan on the deal will get a certain uh, percentage of the carve out. And then the people doing the due diligence up front, as well as the ongoing management, will get their split on the deal. So it really is a team sport, so to speak, in, in putting these quote-unquote syndication deals together. How many people were on your team, um, not the investor money that you brought in, but the, the managing member team um, that you have or the LLC that, that was putting it together? Yeah, it was uh, six people. And how did you come across them? So this was actually uh, the person who uh, originally turned me on to this deal was the person who also turned me on to getting involved in multifamily investing from the beginning. So I met him through a RIA meeting. It was actually one on single family homes. And I got to talking to him after the meeting and he started talking to me about multifamily. And I'd read about it. I had an interest in it, but I never pursued it up to that point. So we became good friends and um, that was just a relationship that took off, uh, from just this initial meeting and, you know, going out there and participating in the real estate world out there. Really? You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. 
A quick word from our best ever sponsor. Best ever listeners, if you want to grow your business, you need an audio product. Contact 24sound at 24sound.com for a free consultation. And remember, you'll get 20% off your first product just by mentioning best ever. All right, Mark, best ever book you've read. So for those just getting started, I have to say it's the classic Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just because that had so much influence on me. But otherwise, I would say Multifamily Millions by Dave Lindahl is a great book if you're looking to get into multifamily investing, particularly larger deals, because it really lays it out in uh, simple steps, uh, what is somewhat a, uh, a lot of moving parts uh, to, to get these deals done. But it's a pretty easy to understand book and process to understand. Uh, at least Dave Lindahl lays it out really well. Yeah, I like that book a lot. I, I, I think there's a lot of very practical tips in there that uh, from market from identifying markets to how to follow up with brokers, even if you don't like the property that they provide you, um, follow up with them within 24 hours and tell them why um, you don't like it, you know, talk about your criteria and just to develop that relationship. I think it's I, I love that book. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I agree. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Okay, Mark, best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. I think I have to say it was my first flip deal. And the reason why such a great personal growth experience was because I really put all the pieces together for flipping a property successfully. So this deal required me to get a loan, uh, a first hard money loan, a second hard money loan where I was also, they were also providing uh, construction financing. I put some private money into it. So I raised some money uh, privately. It was a house that was in terrible distress, horribly configured, and we had to relay it out. So I had to come up with a vision for this house. And then I had to hire a a contractor to do the work, manage that contractor, manage the draw schedule for the uh, construction financing and bring it all together. So I have really good memories of it because that was my first big project and it turned out uh, to be really successful. I remember right before uh, we were going to put it on the market, my hard money lender was, for whatever reason, getting a little bit nervous and he told me that uh, perhaps, you know, not every uh, investor on their first couple deals, you know, makes money when they flip profit. And I told him I, that wasn't my intention and I didn't think that was going to happen. We ended up being very successful. I did actually split some of the money on the backside with that hard money lender. He did ended up doing really well on it. So that's uh, that was uh, a big jump forward for me. And it really gave me the confidence. And, and this goes to the point where you just got, if you're new to the business, I would suggest you just have to get that first deal done. Because once you do, your confidence goes up so high and it just will provide you so much momentum going forward to, to, to keep uh, growing. Two hard money loans, private money contractors on your first deal. That's, I, I, I imagine you probably wouldn't recommend that to beginners, right? Well, <laughs> for their first deal. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I had a little bit of experience cause I'd, I'd done a lot of this, uh, kind of hands-on, uh, in the prior, um, experience that I had buying properties in Fresno. So I, I had, you know, some comfortability with it that maybe the, the, the very rank beginner uh, might not have. 
so so uh, yeah so i you know i i basically i went for it and uh you know it's not that i didn't have hiccups along the way but it all worked out it actually worked out really well best ever success habit you practice every night i write down my priorities that i want to accomplish the next day and this does a couple things it gets my mind thinking about what i need to get done it is a concise list, so I'm very efficient the following day to get those things done. And I also try to do the biggest, hardest thing first uh, early in the day so that you know when I'm most energized, I can get that done and it makes my day go a lot better. Best ever deal you've done? Probably the last deal I did as far as uh, uh, profitability. And it was really a case of where I bought the property at the right price. And obviously that uh, is key to any investor's success. Um, an investor owned this property. There was uh, what they thought was a foundation issue, a major foundation issue. I went in, took a look at it, uh, concluded that uh, it was something that we could do economically. And, uh, and that was the case. And we made a, a, you know, a record profit for us. That was a deal I closed about three months ago or so. And then my student housing for multifamily buy hold uh, in the Philadelphia market. Those are my best deals just because they cash flow so well. And it's a case of where I have a really good property manager and somebody that I can rely on to uh, make those deals profitable uh, when I'm in California and that's you know all the way across the country. So those are my best deals so far. Best ever quote. This is a long one, Joe, um, but it hangs above my desk and I probably read it most days and it just okay. keeps me energized. So bear with me here. It goes like this. Be thankful that you don't already have everything you desire. If you did, what would there be to look forward to? Be thankful when you don't know something for it gives you the opportunity to learn. Be thankful for difficult times. During those times, we grow. Be thankful for limitations because they give opportunities for improvement. Be thankful for each new challenge because it will build strength and character. Be thankful for mistakes. They teach us valuable lessons. It is good, excuse me, it is easy to be thankful for good things. A life of rich fulfillment comes to those who are thankful for the setbacks. So when I go through challenges during the day, you know, I think about that and it just puts things in a different light. Um, it, it kind of realigns my my perception. Oh, I love it. It, it reminds me of uh, a Tony Robbins saying where he talks about is it an opportunity or a crisis? And, you know, anything we can all – if we look for something that's wrong in the world, we can find it. If we look for something that's right in the world, we can find it. It's just a matter of how we position it in our mind and then what we act on afterwards once we have that – that perception of what, however we decide to define it. Absolutely. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Earlier this year, uh, I had a project. It was a house that had what I believe was a million dollar view of the Monterey Bay. And there were things that I thought seller, excuse me, buyers would overlook because of the attributes of this property. So there were things I didn't take care of. And I didn't really understand the buyer psychology when they buy a house, particularly at this price point, things that were going to be important to them. I just overlooked them or dismissed them. And it really came back and bit me. Um, I ended up, uh, I think I mentioned, this was a first and last project I've lost, I lost some money on because it took me almost five months to sell the property, something 
it was a property that should have sold very quick, but I caused a lot of confusion in the buyer's minds by not taking care of some things. So the, the big mistake was not understanding uh, buyer psychology and taking care of the important things that uh, need to be taken care of, uh, overlooking those things. So, you know, I won't repeat that mistake again. In that scenario, what specifically should have been addressed that wasn't addressed? This house had three large decks off of the back of it. They had Section 1 problems with them from the termite pest company. Uh, Basically, fungus. Section 1 problems? Correct. So basically water water damage problems. Section 1 from the termite pest company. And, you know, we had taken care of those issues within the house, but we hadn't taken care of them on the deck or for the deck. Uh, the deck, you know, appeared visually relatively solid. Uh, and so, you know, those are things I didn't take care of. There were some uh, electrical issues that I didn't uh, ne- necessarily fix as they should have been to code. And so there were just things that I overlooked because I thought the property would sell itself. And that was obviously turned out to be a very large mistake for me. All right, Mark, what's the best ever place to reach you? My website is bridgeequitygroup.com. I actually am uh, turning on a brand new website uh, almost as we speak. So, Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it may, uh, it may be the old one or maybe the new one. It's supposed to be the new one. So that's, that's where uh, it's best to reach me. Okay. Well, by the time this airs, I'm going to bet that you'll have the new one up and running and and be fully stabilized with any of the kinks worked out. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mark, for being on the show and sharing, you know, your experience from, you know, being a fix and flipper to evolving the business, you know, to deal syndication with multifamily. I think it's you, you personally, I don't know if you realize this, but you mentioned a couple just really good quotes that I was writing down along the way. Um, you know, one is you take money from your active biz and move it into passive income. You don't need to know everything you're going to do. Just need, you just need to get started. And I, I think those are just priceless piece of advice, regardless of what type of real estate that people are doing. And I, I love the, you know, I, I love hearing about how you're structuring the deals with investors and with the team internally that you're working with. Um, So thank you so much. I'm sure the best ever listeners got a lot out of it and we will talk to you soon. Fantastic. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Joe. I really enjoyed it. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com where there are tons of free videos, templates and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe. 